I'm going to translate in Armenian, but I know Philip's Armenian is much better than me. So she, he, helped, he promised me to help me in Armenian. There's always a question when uh, Philip wants to preach, whether he would preach it in Armenian or English. But today he's preaching in English. And uh, I have an excellent translator here, so I'm very glad. Okay, so the subject I'd like to share with you today is what is real Christianity? Um, I came to a point in my life in the year 2000 where God spoke to me very deeply about this. And as my wife Anna and myself, we prayed about these things, we said, what have we been doing all these years? And the thing is this, is there are so many forms of Christianity in existence. And when we look around the world, we find there are so many different names and varieties. There's more names of different kinds of Christianity than flavors of ice cream. <laughs> so there's, um, you know, Catholicism, Protestant, Orthodox, Evangelical. And evangelical, you name it. You can go down the street and you see the you know different buildings with different signs on top. And it causes a lot of confusion. It's very interesting for me to um, read some of this letter that uh, the president of Iran sent to George Bush. And one of the first things he said to George Bush is you say you are a Christian and Christ is the Prince of Peace, so why are you, you know, attacking all these countries? It was a very good question. And the thing is this, the world is confused because they see so many different things. So we need to know what is real Christianity. And I think my problem was is I thought that what I have is real Christianity. And in reality, God does not care what kind of label you put on it. And 
God doesn't care if you call it Baptist or you call it something else. He doesn't care. God is not interested in these things. It's humans that are making all these so what is the foundation and the basis of the church? We find in the New Testament that Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples. And he said to them, what do people say I am? And then he said, who do you say I am? And uh, you read it? Yeah, um, So it's Matthew 16, verse 15 to 19. Jesus what happened there is that Peter had a revelation. A truth came and opened his mind. It wasn't a case that he sat down and studied many books and considered it very logically. And Jesus said, this did not come to you from flesh and blood. This is not human knowledge or human wisdom. Hmm. God's Spirit revealed to him who Jesus was. And all true Christianity is based on a revelation of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, on this I base my church. Hmm. This declaration, this revelation was the basis of the church. And Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build the English church, or the Persian church, or the Armenian church, or the Orthodox church, or the Catholic church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. 
So it is Jesus' church. And that is the true church. And then he says that to this church, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So all kinds of situations and problems you will have the keys to open that in the name of the kingdom. Jesus has the keys of the kingdom and he gives that authority to us. You know, it's not a matter of how much we study the Bible. It isn't a matter of how many times we go to church. It doesn't matter whether our parents were Christians for many generations. All these things are very good. I mean, we should study the Bible. But the basis is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, we see in John chapter 17, verse 3. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus. It's not all these other things. It's not this nice building. It's, it's not the, you know, the songs we sing or even the prayers we pray. Real Christianity is knowing Jesus. And it's something, it's not just what we believe. It's who we know. But knowing can mean different things. Now, Armenian is more clear in this area than English. Uh, Armenian word and uh, wording is more, more clear than in English. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and Greek is even more clear than all of this. Because in English, we just have this one word, no, it means many things. And that's why we get uh, children who are raised in this country, when they speak Armenian, they say, uh, I know him. And they say, yes, Iran, Imanum. Which is, is the wrong kind of yeah. thing. So, um, <coughs> there's different kinds of knowledge. 
To know about something. And we can believe many truths in the Bible. There is another kind of knowledge, which is when you know somebody. And then there is an even deeper level of knowledge and this is in the Greek. They have three words. And, the and which means something you know very, very deeply, intimately, personally. It includes all of that. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, in English I'd say it's like a kind of super knowledge. Now, to give you, you know, an idea, um, many of you may have heard of a man called Bill Gates. Some people say he's the richest man in the world. Some years ago, I had lunch with him. Along with, I think there were about four other people, we, we had lunch together and we discussed computers. Uh, I've never seen him again. We've never spoken on the phone. I can say I met him, but I don't know him. I know a little bit about him. I, I know now how he expresses himself when he talks. And at that time, I realized he was vegetarian. He was only eating vegetables. Because at that time, he had a girlfriend who was vegetarian. <laughs> but the, the one he's married to now, she isn't vegetarian, so he eats meat again. <laughs> okay, but that's it. I can't say I, I really deeply know him. But what we're talking about here is to know Jesus personally and deeply. There is so much Christianity in the world these days. There is so much that we do which is not based on knowing Jesus. There is knowledge, information. There's books. Uh, colleges, seminars. You can study and learn all your life. And you will get to know everything about Christianity. But all that is is knowing about him. Not now I, I realized this once when uh, I made a visit with my father to Pakistan. At that time I was in university. 
And I, I had a lot of knowledge in, in my head. It's typical, you know, university student, they think they know everything. So I was studying electronics engineering. And I had, you know, I studied the Bible all the way from the front cover to the back cover, from the back cover to the front cover again. If anybody in the university asked me a question about Christianity, I had an answer for them. And I would preach in church. <laughs> so I went to Pakistan thinking I have a lot of, you know, something to give And I sat there in their church with these simple people. And as the service proceeded, I started to realize that I had a lot missing. A lot missing. Because somehow it became very, very clear to me these people had a knowledge and experience of God which was far deeper than mine. Yes. And if, if they had asked me, please stand and share something, I would have had nothing to tell me. And I went back to England almost in a kind of a shock. Hmm. It was because these people had a real knowledge, a real knowing Christ. But so we see that there is a shallow level of Christianity which exists everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. It exists in our own churches as well as anyone else. Because I realize I myself can be shallow. And in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, God says, my people are destroyed because they don't know me. In Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 3, he said, they proceed from evil to evil because they do not know me. And we see in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about some people in the future who even perform miracles. And Jesus says, they, they say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't we do all these kind of miracles. And Jesus said, he says to them, 
go away. I never knew you. Now I believe in miracles. I want to see more of them. But the most important thing was their knowledge and experience and relationship with Jesus. And that was even more important than all these great acts and preaching and things that And it's our right to have this experience of Christ. You know, until we know Jesus and until we know him well, we will always be dissatisfied. Nothing in life will satisfy us. Now, I'll uh, briefly mention something I, I read again in, in the computer uh, magazines. Okay. There's a man called Jim Clark. And he is a man who has started two of the biggest computer companies in the world. And they were interviewing him. And he said he reached a point where he had three billion dollars. And it wasn't enough for him. Because Nearby was the president of another company who had $9 billion. And this man, he has uh, his own, from Russia, he's bought his own MiG fighter plane. And they said to him, what you know, what is in your mind? Why is it like that? He said, I want to have the most. Even with $3 billion, he could not be satisfied. It's, it's hard to even imagine this kind of thing. If we look at Isaiah 55, God calls us. Mm. Jesus, oh, so God says, come all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Why spend money on what is not bread? and your labor on what does not satisfy. Mm. Jesus said, come to me, all who are thirsty. 
And I will give you rivers of living water. This is the living water of life. Jesus said to me, come all who have heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Jesus calls us. The problem is, is man's sin has separated us from God. And Jesus took the blame and the punishment of our sin. And now he welcomes us with open arms. There is no need to be separated from God. We can come and have a true relationship with him. But knowing him has stages, it progresses. We progress onwards in knowing Peter, in the Bible, he had several stages of his experience First, he saw Jesus coming along as a great teacher. Then he saw him doing miracles. And he realized there's a bit more. And as he got to know Jesus, he came to this point where he was asked, who do you say I am? And as he opened his mouth, light came inside. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then as he went along, we see he still had problems. He still had weaknesses. And he denied Jesus three times. And then on the day of Pentecost, he had another fresh experience where instead of denying Jesus, he could stand in front of thousands so we see that Peter had many stages in his relationship with Christ. Paul also had many stages in his experience of Christ. Uh, we know that Paul, as a young man, will have seen Christ and was probably in the crowds of people who were criticizing him. Hmm. And so he knew Jesus as a man. 
Then after that he was persecuting Christians. Um, then he on the road to Damascus this light came down and he had another revelation of Christ. And his whole life was changed. But then going on from that, there's a, he writes that he had another experience where he was lifted out of his body and he entered the third heaven where God is. And he says he heard and saw things that he could not describe. Now I would expect that that should be enough for anybody. But Paul, he writes and says, I want to know him more. Even that experience wasn't enough. He had to know Jesus more. In the book of Philippians, the third chapter, he talks about himself and his life. And he says, all these things I have, all the education and knowledge and wisdom and wealth, for me it's nothing. He, yeah, exactly. He just says, I consider all these things completely rubbish compared to the excellence of knowing Christ. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I just explained. The word that he uses for rubbish is as something which is absolutely, totally filthy. Disgusting. Thank you. Now, the thing is, is uh, in the Middle East, uh, you, you, you get a better understanding of rubbish where the weather is hot, you know. <laughs> And, and it has a chance to sort of, uh, you know, smell, smell under, yeah. under the sun and all the flies come and, and, you know, you can, from, you know, 100 meters away, you can smell where it is. And for Paul, everything, all the greatness in his life, he considered like that compared to knowing Jesus. So our revelation and experience of Christ has to be always increasing. Now, 
But we see that Paul reaches a point where he says, I know who I have believed. It's a 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, verse 12. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm not sure that's quite right. Maybe that's yeah. I got the thing wrong. But he says, I know who I have believed. And he says, I'm convinced he is able to keep that which I've entrusted to him. Hmm. And that's the thing, that when he can say, whatever issue, whatever problem, whatever things I have in my life, I can entrust it to him. Because I know him. That's right. And so we see, whether we look at Peter, we look at Paul, that the result of knowing Christ is a changed life. The life is changed. <coughs> Bitterness is changed to love. Sadness is changed to joy. Hopelessness changes to hope and faith. So the Bible says in Isaiah again, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Whatever we think are our problems in life, it's the same answer. We can go to him. We can know him. We can experience the greatest joy, which is knowing Jesus. So, I say, well, how do we get to know him? God's word says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me, you will find me. Jesus said, when you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be opened. When you ask, you will receive. That's all you have to do. It's very simple. Also, we can know God through his word. If there's somebody we know very well, they phone us, we recognize them. Because we've heard them a lot. 
But if there's somebody we've only met once, they phone us up. Who's this? The more we hear God's voice, the more we know him and recognize his voice. And God's voice is in his word. Praise God that God's word has been written down for us. What has been given over thousands of years is here is written. And this word is full of life. And every word that God says is true. And when we're in difficulties, we can trust what God's word says. And that will have effect on our lives. So we hear God's voice. So it, it, it's, it's very simple. We can read God's word. And God speaks to us through that. And it brings revelation. And it brings faith. And when we use that faith in the situations of life, and then we experience God working in our lives. So we have God speaking to us, and we have the experience of God. And when God works in our life and experience, we get to know him more. And this is available for all of us to know God. So, as I said at the beginning, God is not looking at what description or label you give different kinds of Christianity. He doesn't care what name your church has. Because God is looking at the heart. And what is necessary is us to know him. And it's available to all of us to know him. And Jesus said, whoever seeks, finds. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. So there is no obstacle to us. We can know God. We can know his work in our lives. We can hear his word speaking to us. And we can see life develop and new things coming. Praise the Lord for this lovely message. Uh, let's uh, pray and then um, 
let's concentrate on what the message was about. Uh, uh, as we said, the righteous lives by, by faith. And our faith is Jesus Christ. Uh, the Lord knows um, every voice, uh, every one of us, the voice. But we also have to know his voice. Uh, as we heard, when God speaks, uh, we uh, hear and we listen to his voice. There are so many voices in this world. But uh, let the Lord teach us that just to listen to his voice. Let's stay in the presence of the Lord. Uh, how much we know the voice of Lord. Uh, Paul thought for many years he was going to the right direction. But when he had an encounter with the Lord, and then he realized who is speaking to him, all his life changed and went towards uh, Jesus. And we need today also to have an encounter with the Lord and to go to his way.